KXNO. When Dak Prescott went down with a hand injury in week one, the Cowboys' playoff hopes certainly took a big hit. But after last night's win over the Giants, the team now has won two in a row with backup quarterback Cooper Rush. It's easy to overreact to standalone games, but if the team can continue to play good defense, run the football, and limit turnovers, Dak Prescott's hand injury may not be the end of Dallas this season. I'm Dan Patrick. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday buy 10 wings, get 10 wings free. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports will help us out with the Big 12, a fascinating race, uh, as we are uh, in the throes of conference play. Right now, uh, north we shall go to uh, the Twin Cities. Dane Muzatani back with us, covers the Vikings and the uh, Minnesota Wild for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Minnesota Wild will be here a week from today. Trent and I will be doing uh, our show live from Wells Fargo Arena. The Minnesota Wild and the Iowa Wild are going to have a couple of open practices. This is, um, and uh, it's open to the public. So if you've got some time, if you can get the kids out of school, want to see the difference in speed between the American Hockey League and the NHL uh, and the skill level, uh, it'll be on full display. Dane Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Dan Mazzatani? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing well. Actually, excited to see that uh, that open practice next week. Before we get to the Vikings, we will very quickly. Just a, a quick hockey question: um, the the Minnesota Wild in such salary, they're paying the price, right, for those big contracts, Parise and Suter, that they uh, uh, that they jettisoned both of those players out of town after they gave them those huge, huge contracts. Which at the time, uh, I'm not being critical of what they did uh, because they certainly helped the franchise, but they're paying the price. What's the expectation for this team? Uh, this coming season can they get maybe take another step uh from where they left off last year uh i'm not so sure it seems like taking another step forward is going to be a little tough when you're trying to produce 85 worth of points from that you're losing with kevin fiala um i i do think a guy like matt boldy a guy like marco roth you're going to take a big step uh this year um i just don't know they had such a good year it was you know franchise record as far as points go and and things of that nature. Um, obviously, the first round exit. So, like, maybe they could they could get to the playoffs and then sneak in sneak out of the first round this year. I certainly think that's within their capability. Um, but I'm not sure if they're going to be world beaters like they were in the regular season last year. Um, expect Carol Kaprizov to be great still. Yep. Um, just think they're going to have a hard time to, you know, make up for all that production they're losing with a guy like Kevin Fiala not playing in L.A. So we jump over from hockey to the football, and the Vikings find a way. Week one was great, dominating the Packers. Week two was ugly in Philadelphia, and then they were dominated at times by the Lions. They stole one and got the victory there. I walked away incredibly impressed by the offensive line and defensive lines of the Lions, but the Vikings, I thought this defense and this defensive front was certainly going to be better than what we've seen at this point. What's gone wrong? Why is the defense maybe playing not at the level that many people anticipated early on? Yeah, I think it's 
starts with the pass rush up front. It just hasn't been as good as, as you thought it was going to be or as I thought it was going to be. Um, Darius Smith has been pretty good since he got here. Daniil Hunter looks like he's still working his way back to full form. Um, but I think when you look at what the pass rush is doing, or I guess more so what they're not doing, um, it kind of spills over to the rest of their defense. Um, you, you go on Twitter on any given moment of any given Vikings game, and I think everyone's wondering, why are they sitting back in the shell coverage? Why are they making it so easy on the opposing offense? I think that's just the game plan this year. I think that's what they feel about their secondary, that, look, the secondary is not as good as it, as it once was, or some of these guys are maybe playing a little bit beyond themselves. So they're playing shell coverage. They're, they're, they're giving up some certain routes underneath and, and hoping to kind of bend, don't break. Um, if you have a pass rush, you're able to play that shell a little bit better. Um, I think that was kind of the, the whole strategy all year um, or heading into this year, and you're not getting that pass rush right now. So uh, it's kind of hard to judge. I mean, Philly's offensive line is, is phenomenal. Uh, Detroit's offensive line is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will look a little different here you know, down the chute uh, a month from now. Um, but as much as people want to rag on the secondary, I think it is the pass rush coming up short, and then that's kind of spilling over into the rest of the defense. Yeah, I, I'm with you, and I think it's, I think you hit the nail on the head, Dan. I think it's the O line for both the Eagles and the Lions, who were both really good. Like I think Danzler's taking step forward in his career. Patrick Peterson, between the years, he still got it. He's lost that proverbial that that one step, which makes such a big difference. Not having the hitman in the lineup last week, uh, you could clearly tell. Although, what? I'm not sure how you say Matillus's last name, if I'm saying it right or not, but he, he made a play at the end of the game, but he's certainly not Harrison Smith. I think the secondary's okay. Fair? Yeah, they're, they're okay. Um, I think it's it's just something where you, you're looking at uh, what you're asking some of those guys to do. And you mentioned Patrick Peterson, still phenomenal leader in that room, still as smart as they come at the cornerback position. Um, but they're asking him to be a cornerback one right now, and I'm just not sure he is anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's no disrespect to him. He's just not he's past his time. And, and I, so I think there are, there are things within that secondary where you look at it and you're like, it could be good down the road. Sam Danzer has taken a step forward, like you said. Um, I think Andrew Booth is someone we're, we're all waiting to kind of see. He's been plagued by injuries with the second-round pick who definitely had some first-round talent um, coming out of the draft this year. Um, he's someone who I think could, could help the secondary. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of TBD with, with the secondary right now because when, when you watch them on, on a week-to-week basis, it's, well, they're, they're okay, but they're not great. How, how good can they become? I, I think that will kind of show itself in the next month or so. Dave Mizzitani joining us as we take a look around Minnesota, continuing with the Vikings and, of course, the quarterback question. Kirk Cousins uh, had the performance on Monday Night Football that was like a lot of them in prime time. Bounces back, has the touchdown to win the game ultimately to Osborne there. Where are we at with Cousins? Is it just at this point he is what he is and you got to fill, fill out the gaps around him? Yeah, I think so. Um I don't think he's ever going to be someone who you know can, can light light the world on fire. I think... There are times throughout the a game in any given moment where he can kind of step up. I think he gets credit for – he deserves credit for, for orchestrating that drive in, in week three, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing's going right. Two great passes to K.J. Osborne, they win the game. Um, but I think it's just – there's there's something lacking there. You're just never going to have it, on, you know, on, on firing on all cylinders at all times. I think it's just this is who Kirk Cousins is, and you just kind of have to deal with it. 
Okay, uh, Irv Smith Jr. could do him a favor and catch oh, a couple geez. of those balls. <laughs> I mean, he must run a really good route because he's open. Uh, but and, and and Cousins has put the ball on him. It's been a couple of different. This isn't just one game. Uh, this has been a couple of games this year. I mean, he gets open, but man, finish the play, would you, Irv? Yeah, it's disappointing. Um, maybe you give him a little pass because he hasn't played football in like yeah. a year and a half. But you got to catch those balls, and 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 I think he understands that. Um, yeah, he's he's left a lot to be desired as far as I'm concerned. Um, he's also ceding some reps to Johnny Munt, to Ben Ellison. Um, I, I just don't know if Irv Smith is the guy that that, that you kind of thought he was going to be. Maybe he'll get there at some point. Uh, I'm just not so sure. Wide receiver Jefferson is a star and was a star in week one. But, yeah, but they've taken him out of the they game. They have. In the last two weeks, it started with Slay, who basically did it on oh his own. And God. Boy, he got a lot of targets from Cousins in that game because he was all over the place. And then what Detroit did with Guna and then just bracketing him. I mean, they had an extra person over the top seemingly every single time. This is what great wide receivers have to go through. Is this more just a learning process right now for Jefferson and figuring out how now to get open with even more people paying attention? Yeah, I think so. I think it's something where the last two weeks are really the first time in his career you've seen him kind of lose matchups. Mm-hmm. He lost to Darius Slay. He did lose to Jeffrey Okuda. He's being double teamed. He's being bracketed mm-hmm. over the top. It's just something he's going to have to learn how to deal with. Um, I think it's on the coaching staff a little bit too to find creative ways to get him the ball. Um, if he's being bracketed downfield, get him the ball sooner. Um, get him the ball in space. Um, I think it's something they're all learning. Um, it's just coming a little... So it's, I don't think it's coming as easy as, as as everyone thought it was going to, but I don't think it's necessarily something where Justin Jefferson's taking a step back. I think it's just something they're going to have to adjust to. Uh, we we don't know Dalvin Cook's situation as far as whether he's going to be able to answer the bell. I thought that uh, this was going to be a year that Kane Nwongo uh, is really going to get his opportunity to get a whole bunch more carries. Uh, obviously, we know what he can do in the return game. He's if he's it's not the fastest Viking. He's certainly in the conversation. Will he get that opportunity? I mean, we know that Madison is still there, but if if Cook can't answer the bell, do you think the former Cyclone uh, gets some of those carries this coming week? I could see it. Yeah, I could see um, him, him spelling Madison here and there um, if Cook can't go. Um, it'll be Madison's kind of workhorse, and then I think you can kind of see maybe can I fill in around there. He, he, he's so dynamic, so I, I, I wouldn't mind finding ways to get him the ball if I was the Vikings. Um, but, yeah, just I, I think it's something where they're going to kind of find their spots where he fits in. Um, but yeah, he's just a dynamic weapon. I think maybe it's, it would be worth trying to get him the ball more. Kevin O'Connell, three games in. What's the uh, what's been the conversation about him? It's three games. You don't want to certainly overreact to what you are one way or the other. But at this point, coming from Zimmer, a defensive minded guy, positivity at least at this point in the early part of the relationship. He's not Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it looks good so far. I think. Above anything else, and this is going to sound a little corny, but they, they feel fun. And, and I think yeah. the team's having a good time, mm-hmm. and I think football was miserable and joyless for the Vikings a lot of the times last year. Um, there's still certain things I think O'Connell needs to figure out. I think that, that will come with time. He is a first-year coach. Um, but the way he handles these guys, the way they rally around him, uh, has left me really impressed so far. So interested to see how the rest of the season plays out. 
Uh, again, a lot, lot of football left to be played, but the uh, the first overall draft class for this regime. Uh, Cine does not see the field. Uh, the safety from Georgia. I'm with you on Booth. I think he's a good player. He just needs to get healthy. Ingram is already starting. But other than that, am I missing anybody? They really didn't get a lot, or at least at this point, uh, you know, from round three on. Uh, has there been anybody that's been an, made an impact so far? Ed Ingram, the right guard, has, has started. Um, he won the job. He beat Jesse Davis and Chris Reed out. So it's not like he's he beat out these well-established veterans. Um, he just did what he needed to do. The rookie right guard has, has done some good. Um, but, yeah, the, the draft class is such an incomplete grade at this point. Um, guys like Lewis Dean, I'm a little concerned about him. He didn't play. Um, when Harrison Smith was out, you would assume your first-round pick would, would get the minutes and not, not Josh McCullough. Andrew Booth, we mentioned injury prone so far, um, incomplete so far as grades go. Um, but I, you know, I'm not ready to call this draft class a plus yet. I think there's still a lot of time. Speaking of bus, let's get to the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> oh boy, this thing got ugly and got ugly in a hurry. Injuries were a big part of it, no doubt. I believe I saw they have uh, the second most games lost for an American League team this year. But that aside, a lot of frustrations. Dane, I think when we talked this summer, it was all positivity and things were trending in the right direction. It fell apart quickly. Injuries or something else that was a big difference? I think it's injuries. I think it's also this team was just kind of playing above itself early in the season. and We all wanted to convince ourselves that they could figure it out, but I think maybe they just got hot in April and May, and then, then they kind of just showed us who they were. And I think we didn't want to believe that's who they were, uh, but maybe it's who they were all along. This wasn't supposed to be a very good team anyway this year. Um, they gave us kind of an exciting summer, um, but I think really at the end of the day, this is who the Twins were. Um, and then I think that there's a lot of questions heading into this offseason. Um, who knows what's going to happen. Carlos Correa wasn't who I thought everyone thought he was going to mm-hmm. be. Um, he might have to stay this year because he might not get the money he thinks he's going to get on the open market. So we'll see. Um, starting pitching, obviously an issue. Bullpen, obviously an issue. But I think that at certain times throughout this season, everything was an issue. Um, and it just kind of caught up to them in the end. Uh, get you out of here on this, unless Trent, you have anything follow-up wise? Is Gopher fever washing over the <laughs> Twin Cities? As Phil Fleck has those Gophers on top in the Big Ten West, and they look like very much the team to beat. Yeah, everyone's excited. Um, I'm actually going to the homecoming game on Saturday. Uh, um, I'm an alumni, so I'm excited too. Um, he's got them playing really, really good ball. Um, they look dangerous. Um, I think you look at last week's game against Michigan State, and that was supposed to be their first true test, and they dominated. Um, yeah. They dominated the first three weeks of the season. Um, I think you looked at that Michigan State game, like, let's see how good they really are. They dominated again. Um, I don't know what their ceiling is. I'm excited to watch them this year. Uh, and I don't think O'Connell's going to play for Purdue, which is certainly a blow to their hopes if indeed that's the case, homecoming uh, in Minneapolis. Uh, Dane, hopefully you're, you're here next Tuesday. If you make it down to uh, follow the Wild, uh, love to shake your hand and meet you in person. But regardless, thank you so much for what you do for us, Dane. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Dane Muzzatani, St. Paul Pioneer Press is where you can read Dane. Yeah, I hope he makes it. I'm sure Michael Russo will be here mm-hmm. from The Athletic. Um, I'm looking forward to being down there next week. I, so um, fill me in. What, what am I going to be watching for? Me as a novice hockey guy, what am I watching? Just the speed? Speed, size, 
Um, yeah, just the puck handling. Look, the the the, the AHL is really good hockey. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not uh, trying to uh, be critical of of the brand of hockey we see here on uh, what how many games seventy something eighty whatever it is for them. So I grew up going to USHL games in Mason City uh-huh. at the old fairgrounds, and that's good hockey too. And I watched Stars and Chops and now uh-huh. Wild games here. Mm-hmm. Watch the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. I've been to one NHL game, though, in person. I was a little kid. It was up at the Old Met, probably 90, 91. All of America. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a long, long time ago. So The gold and green seats oh, of the... So I love good. that building. I was in it once. It was so good. It really was. And the name should still be there. I totally agree with you. Stupid Dallas. Can't stand them. <laughs> Absolutely. So watch for the speed. Yeah, That'll the be something speed, that'll pop the up. size, the way they shoot. Uh, it's just it's just another level. It's like watching AAA baseball here, and you mm-hmm. see them go up to the next level, and you know they struggle to get um, to get traction. Uh, but it's a pretty good look. It's unfortunate that it's a Tuesday, right? Because it's a school day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you can get the kids out of school somehow and uh, to head on down there and just uh, to watch, look, they're not going to play a game here, right? I don't think that maybe a preseason game, but they don't bring they bring what half the roster. I think the whole roster's coming. And what does that mean? Kaprizov, he's yes. one of the best players in the game. He's a top ten player in the NHL. So he made it out of Russia. He did. Um, in, in fact, he was. It's one day this summer, you know where he showed up for the first time publicly, or one of the first time? He showed up in Paul Allen's booth at Canterbury Park <laughs> when PA was calling a race. Honest to God. That's great. And PA tweeted it out, and there was a bunch of his teammates in there. Uh, but yeah, because um, I don't know how he got out of Russia, mm-hmm. but he got out of Russia. I don't know why he went home to Russia. Right. I get that he's from there and you want to see family, but mm-hmm. my God. Not the time, probably. Um, probably think there'd be better times. And the NHL right? had talked to the Russian-born players. All of them, and yes. Said, be careful. Yes. Think about staying here this year. Uh-huh. We get it. We understand. It's the pull of home, right? Um, but maybe that's not the year to... Uh, this is not the year to, to go home. Anyways, we'll go to a break. and we come back, we're going to talk about the race in the Big 12. As fascinating a Power 5 conference race, I think, from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Who's the worst team? West Virginia? Yeah. They're pretty good. They can win six. Can they win six games? Well, how about that? What if we get to a scenario where eight, maybe nine teams are bowl eligible because everyone's just beating up on each other? I saw um, Brett McMurphy. What's he on? Is he Action Network? Action Network, yep. So he put out his bowl projections yesterday and kind of has that. There's so many big 12. He's got Iowa State playing on opening weekend of bowl season. On the 16th of December. Really? Against Boise State. Well, I don't think he's going to be in a bowl. Yeah. Um, Did you see uh, Hank Bachmeyer is leaving? Yeah, I saw Boise. he's leaving. And they're going to be in the Frisco Bowl in Dece- on December the 16th, according to... Got to find a spot for him. There's going to be a lot of Big 12 teams yeah. eligible, at least one would think. Derek Duke will help us out with that fascinating race as we continue here. Uh, Trent's play today. By the way, Mr. Monday Night, how did he fare? Oh, he nailed it again. Three and one on the season wow. for Mr. Monday Night. He's hot. He's appointment radio. Well, eight, two, and one on the NFL weekend slate for me. Well, I'm not care about you, about you. I'm more concerned about Mr. Monday Night. I'm happy for you. It's pretty good. Indeed, it is. Three and two good. in Circa Million, though. You're out. You can't win this quarter. I can't win this quarter. No, no. Even if I go five and zero this no. week, that would put me at fifteen and five, Not which is really enough. good. Really good. Now that puts me in in good shape for the season long, and mm-hmm. they pay off the top one hundred mm-hmm. spots for that. 
But I'm going to need a bunch of those. Oh, you're going to need a bunch of those. That's for sure. Uh, that one, two, and three, that has to be my low watermark. I can't afford another no. of them. And I can't afford many three and twos at this Mm-mm. point. It's going to be... It's such a tough contest, Trent. What's tougher? I mean, you're playing both. Uh, we played three entries week, in Survival. We're already out. I hated the NFL slate last week overall. And I actually bet it really well. But I, I just... You get to that spot. All right, you got to pare it down. You got to figure out five games. And the Survivor ultimately just picking a team to win, right? You'd think it's easy. It's not easy, and we know that. But it's just picking a team to win. I, you get in your head about it. That's where I was. Everybody was on San Francisco Sunday night, and I was too. And it one of those because of the NFL. Am I on the wrong side here? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Kansas City, Indianapolis. That was one that I had on my list, and mm-hmm. I was just going to blindly take the Colts because everybody. Seemingly was on the Chiefs, and that's who you had in Survivor. But yep. the NFL, it is just such a mind meld of figuring out these point spreads. Should they have a buyback, a buy-in? No. I, I like the way Do that you? it is. Yeah. I bet in those contests with the buybacks, I feel bad. It's the same guys buying in and wasting more of their money. <laughs> Probably so. I'd be but feeling just, bad for you and your group, look, too. Look, it's going to be a long wait until next September when it we is. get to play again. But we're all pumped. We're all playing again. Next August, put it on your calendar right Absolutely. now. We're going to head back out there. We want to bring a bunch of people. Oh, we, we will. After, after our chance of experiencing everything mm-hmm. this year, it's such a great time. We'll, we'll have great events going on. We had a great time this last time, too. It was a lot of fun and bringing some different people out there. We want to make this thing big time next year. And if you haven't been to Circa, oh, it's incredible. I was, in fact, just talking to Matt Snyder. He's uh, heading out to Vegas during the winter time, and I said, you got to stop by Circa. It's strange you got to stay there. The rooms are spectacular. It's incredible. The food is incredible. The experience, um, it, it really is, is absolutely worth it. Just drinking beer, and you're surrounded by taps, hundreds of them, uh, and, and the, the, that... Um, it's the world's biggest sports book. I mean, where else would you want to be, right? Nowhere. It's fascinating. We'll take a timeout. Derek Duke will join us next. We'll talk about that Big 12 race when we continue on Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Where you get your podcast. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on Major Situations. You've been waiting for it, and now it's here. Fat Charlie's. Now open in Urbandale, an upscale sports bar with over 50 TVs, a brunch menu available every day starting at 9. On the weekends, free pancakes for kids. And don't forget about the Bloody Mary and Mimosa Bar. You want pizza while watching the game? Fat Charlie's has fresh homemade dough. Make your way to Fat Charlie's. 121st Street, your tickets today. Like many of you, my home was hit by the storm recently. My roof had hail damage, and I knew there was one place to call. It's Trent Condon for Wolf Roofing. I've known the team at Wolf Roofing now for almost a decade. They're Central Iowans that care about community and doing the job right. Go with a company that you know, a company from here. Go with Wolf Roofing. Set up your appointment at 515-225-8866. 225-8866 or online 
Wolf Roofing. Three on KXNO. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers bet just $5 on any NFL team to win, and if they do, you get 200 in free bets. Great for the new customers. You can also hit this and all us returning customers as well. It's their DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. For every leg that you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%, and to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. The code is KXNO, and it's only a DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older. Iowa only. The bonus is issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in is required. Parlay and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms if you have a gambling problem please call one eight let's ride joined by dr heidi bell from elite eye care university avenue west des moines and the eye company in ankeny dr bell tell us about vision therapy not only are we doing vision therapy to rehab visual issues that are impacting reading learning and sports in general but we're also using vision therapy to enhance visual skills like eye hand coordination timing reaction speed and overall accuracy and efficiency to get started with our sports vision therapy you get a comprehensive eye exam at either of our locations at the eye company in Ankeny or in our West Des Moines location. That's Elite Eye Care in West Des Moines and the eye company in Ankeny. And online, Dr. Des Moines. bets off. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. 11.35, welcome back, Miller and Con to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX and O-Trends Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors it. It's coming up here in about 15 minutes. Right now, Derek Duke from Heartland College Sports. Such a terrific resource if you're a fan or if you cover the Big 12. Uh, the, the whole crew over there does a fantastic job. Heartland College Sports. Derek is with us. Derek Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Uh, thanks once again for coming back to Des Moines Sports Station. Uh, how are you, sir? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Football ahead of us. Uh, great, great weekend we just had. So looking forward to some more big time matchups. And hey, this conference is wide open as ever. So it's always fun to to kind of get through this meat grinder of a schedule and continue to uh, to see what's going to unfold. Yeah, no question about it. Kansas and I will stay. We'll get to them in a minute. Uh, I want to start with Baylor Oklahoma State this week because Oklahoma State, one of two teams along with the uh, with TCU, who have not played a conference game yet. We saw Baylor uh, close up last week here at uh, Jack Trice Stadium. Um, good football game. Uh, obviously, they, they did some things. Quarterback shape was out of his mind in that football game. Oklahoma State, we saw this in the championship game last uh, week. How do you see this game? Is this, uh, is this legitimately a coin flip game in your mind, Derek? I would think so. I think the edge is going to have to go to Baylor just because they're playing in Waco. So that's always going to be a huge plus when you ever get to play at home. But 
I mean, like you said, this is going to be a huge rematch. Blake Shapen looked really, really good so far this season. Uh, you know, he's got what he has, I think, just one interception on the season. Richard Reese is emerging at running back mm-hmm. for them. I still have some concerns at receiver about Baylor, uh, but the good news is I think their defense does a great job. They did a great job last week against Iowa State shutting down the run game. Uh, Oklahoma State, kind of the same thing. Like you mentioned, we don't know a whole lot about them up to this point. They're just one of two teams that haven't played a conference game, so. Their schedule so far has been pretty so-so. I, I would say more on the mediocre side, so we don't know a whole lot about this team. What I do know right now is that Spencer Sanders is not turning the ball over. Uh, 13 total touchdowns, just one turnover on the year so far. He's been great, much like Baylor. They have a running back in Dominique Richardson who's been emerging. I have some concerns in the secondary about them, but the good news is, I, as I said earlier, Baylor doesn't have a ton, uh, a true really wide receiver threat so far, so that's going to be interesting. The one thing to keep an eye on in this game, and it's probably going to be the best you know, position matchup in the entire conference this weekend, Oklahoma State's defensive line versus, versus the offensive line at Baylor. That is going to be really fun to watch, and those two are going to be really going at it uh, this weekend. Derek, uh, back to a week ago, you had a lot of tweets that gained a lot of traction here in Central Iowa and across the state with Cyclone fans. Some of the egregious calls early in that football game that went against Iowa State. You're an outsider, though you cover the Big 12. You don't have that Cyclone slant to you. How egregious did you think it was? Well, some might argue I do have a Cyclone slant. That's okay. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't take any offense to that, but... For me, it was just that first half was just so head-scratching, and it to me, it set the tone right away. Within the first three plays of the game, mm-hmm. you have an ejection. I don't care what football game is. It's not a good look for officiating. Um, one could argue, yeah, by definition of the rule, it's, it's targeting on Bo Freiler, who, like I mentioned, got ejected. So within the first three plays, and then just two plays later from that ejection, you get a flag on Colby Reeder, the linebacker, for unnecessary roughness on just simply hitting a receiver within three yards of the line of scrimmage. So, to me, that set the tone early. And then to go on, I think, what, maybe two or three drives later in the game, you get uh, a Baylor on a third and long. They just simply ran the football. And uh, you had a lineman pulling, an offensive lineman pulling, and Anthony Johnson, the safety for Iowa State, comes up and takes the block on. And, I mean, he, he pretty much took it head-on, yet they called it a below-the-waist block ridiculous. on Anthony Johnson. Mm-hmm. On it, I don't think I've ever seen a chop block call on a safety of all things. And that gave Baylor a first down. They went on to score. Mm-hmm. So, for me, that, that, whole, that whole series there, I had a huge problem with. That just, you know, we talk about officiating in these games. I know there's been a kind of a change of guard with the Big 12 officials because we've had a lot of these guys these referees go from the big to the Big Ten to the SEC to the NFL. Now in the NFL, yeah. retired, so you kind of have this younger generation of officials, and I don't know if they're just a little too whistle happy with things, or they're just you know showing everybody, hey, I know the rules. So for me, the the way they set the tone of that game was just it was very frustrating, and you could obviously see the frustrations from Matt Campbell on the sidelines, and rightfully so. I think he had every right to be to be frustrated with the officiating in the first half. Yeah, the I, end- I do think it. Go ahead. I was going to say, the Anthony Johnson one was just egregious. Just, that, that's probably the worst call yeah. you're going to see all year, without a Bad. doubt. And, and just Campbell had every right to be frustrated. And the thing is, if, if you're going to call that, and then there were several plays I, I kind of plugged from the Baylor side of things uh, defensively, they're exactly the same hit as the Freiler hit. I mean, the crown, the crown of the helmet's down. So 
if they're going to call that, they just need to be more consistent with it. That's my issue with, with really all of college football right now. Uh, let's get to a team that uh, started to really sneak up on me, and that's TCU. I didn't know what to make of this team prior to the season. Um, just because, you know, new coach, we're still not sold on Dugan. He's going to be in a quarterback battle, at least we thought. Uh, I'm starting to think that TCU might be this team. I'm, I mean, they could finish eighth <laughs> because it's such a wide open race. Where are you on TCU? I'm kind of with you. I, I, I would see them in that lower tier. I'm not certainly not going to put them at my top five, although they are undefeated. Uh, their schedule, like Colorado, uh, I think they played Stephen F. Austin earlier this week, or uh, excuse me, Tarleton State, and then they just finished up with SMU, which is by far their toughest game. But I don't really think SMU is one of those teams that that's necessarily going to be a good, really good one down the road. So you mentioned Max Duggan to me. Chandler Morris is still probably going to be the guy when he's healthy, although I'll give him uh, Max Duggan credit because I, I don't think he's the only quarterback in the conference besides Dylan Gabriel who has not thrown an interception. He's thrown eight touchdown passes, zero picks. He's actually got the highest completion percentage in the Big 12 at 77%. The problem is I just don't know about this team right now because they haven't really been tested. Um, defensively, I have some issues with them. I don't think they're that great on third down. They have just five sacks in three games against subpar competition. So, Plus, now they're going to host an Oklahoma team who's going to mm-hmm. definitely want to play a whole lot better than what they did against Kansas State last weekend. I do not like the matchup this week. I think uh, Oklahoma was only favored by, I think, four points on the initially opening, opening lines from Circa. So uh, if I'm a betting man, I'm definitely going to hammer Oklahoma this weekend. Well, let's uh, take a look at the big matchup here. Well, outside of our state borders involving Iowa State, going down to Kansas. It's Kansas. It's a fun story. But I think everybody in the back of their minds, even watching this team, it's still Kansas. How good can this team really be? How good are the Jayhawks? Well, it's going to depend on how far Jalen Daniels can carry them. I mean, through four games, I mean, I hate, you know, I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying this, but he belongs in the Heisman conversation through the first four games of the year. So if, People aren't on him. I definitely would keep an eye on things. He's got 15 total touchdowns this season. He's completing 70% of his passes. And by the way, he leads his team with 320 rushing yards on the ground. So, I mean, he is just doing it all for that offense. Even when Devin Neal went down last week, their star running back, uh, Daniel Highshaw Jr. came in, did a great job filling in, and had that long touchdown, uh, that pass and catch that I think he went like 70 yards and he broke about 12 tackles. So, to me, that offense with Jalen Daniels at the helm is really, really dangerous. But that's the problem kind of with me. If there's a, a setback with Kansas, it's that defense. They're one of the worst in the entire Big 12. They struggle to get off the field. They don't generate a ton of pressure. So that offense with Jalen Daniels is going to have to carry them to more to more wins. And against Iowa State, I mean, this is probably going to be their toughest test yet. Hmm. Let's talk about Texas because uh, they fell once again. And uh, just when you think maybe this team is close to being – I hate to say it back uh, because it's been so long. Then, then Texas Tech uh, is able to uh, to get past him, and I love the Joey McGuire story. You can tell why he's so popular down there. But when you when you look at this Texas team, and I know they got a whole bunch of guys coming next year uh, that before they get head to the SEC, might this Texas team just spin its wheels again and you know struggle to a seven and five type of finish? What kind? I mean, the talent is better than that, isn't it? I think some of the talent is there. The problem is right now Texas isn't healthy. Um, Quinn Ewers obviously is going to be a thing to keep an eye on. Uh, he was dressed out for the game. I believe he was even in warm-ups throwing a few passes. But 
until he's fully healthy, I cannot just I can't buy into the Hudson card uh, at quarterback thing. It's just not working out for me. Uh, I think he's capable of making some plays, but I think obviously he's very limited as a passer. He can do some things in the run game, but if you watched him play on Saturday, he's still a little bit kind of hurt out there, so he's still limping around. I really don't like the quarterback situation for Texas at the moment. Uh, but John Robinson, he needs more touches. I believe he only got 17 touches last week against Texas Tech. That's just inexcusable. That To me, that's just poor coaching from the offensive side of things because that's your best player. He's one of the best players in the entire nation. He's only getting 17 touches against Texas Tech. For me, that's a problem. Uh, like I mentioned earlier with the passing game, when Xavier Wordy, their star wide receiver, went out, the passing game kind of dropped off. Um, so for me, there's so many things on offense that I think need to go right before they can kind of right themselves. And But for right now, until those changes happen, I, I keep saying this, but you know, it's a new year, but it's the same Texas. I mean, they hang with Alabama, a team like Alabama, and then they lose to Texas Tech. So wh- which team is this? I- I'm not really sure which team we're going to see from week to week. And for those reasons, I would agree. They're, they're going to be one of those 7-5 and five type of teams this year. Ken asked the question, who's the worst team in this conference? And that's a difficult one in its own right. That and six and three, does that at least get you in the tiebreaker for the final slot in the championship game? I think six and three might might be a little bit of a stretch. I think you could see multiple teams maybe there. I, I feel more comfortable with a, with a team with only two losses in conference play. Uh, I got a mailback question coming out later today uh, talking about how many wins is it going to take for a Big 12 team to to reach the title game. And I think any team that's kind of hovering around nine and three probably has a great chance going into the final week or going into the last weekend. So nine or 10 wins in this conference. I mean, overall, as an overall record to me feels like it would probably be enough. But hey, maybe, maybe you get a team that does less because this, this conference, it, it's just, it's just eating itself alive yep. from week to week. I mean, it is just nonstop. I, I compared it to like a Royal Rumble. It's just teams coming in and out, in and out, just. It's insane, and as far as the, the the worst team in the Big 12, that's just a really difficult question, but I, I think I would have to go West Virginia at this point. I mean, mm-hmm. they're 2-2. Two and two. Pittsburgh, they lost to Pittsburgh, I kind of understand. Then they beat a West or excuse me, a Virginia Tech team that I don't really think is very good, so lose to Kansas at home. You know, with that said, I think I like JT Daniels at quarterback. I think C.J. Donaldson is going to emerge as a great running back in this conference. I like their receivers, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, and you saw Caden Prother uh, in that Virginia Tech game kind of step up. For me, their issue is going to be defense. They can't get off the field. Their, their components are converting over 40% of third down. So I have some concerns about West Virginia, but the good thing is just about the conference in general. When you look at this thing from top to bottom, if you rank your teams from 1 to 10, there's not a huge gap from 1 to 10. Nope. I mean, just because – it's so competitive this year, and this is why I'm looking forward to years down the road once we add the four schools. But from top to bottom, there isn't a more competitive league uh, in college football. It's fascinating. It's going to be so fun to watch. Derek Duke, thanks for popping on with us, Derek. We appreciate Heartland College Sports for all your Big 12 info. Derek, thank you. Absolutely. I'll have a good one. Yep, you do the same. Derek Duke, uh, taking a look at the uh, Big 12. All right, Trent's play of the day. It is next. Circus Sports sponsors. Miller and Condon, one segment to go on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.800 bets off. After the storms hit central Iowa recently, you see companies from all over the country come to Iowa to take advantage of Iowans' misfortune. They're here today, gone tomorrow. You want to stick with companies you know. Companies like Wolf Roofing. You know Wolf Roofing will be here long after the storm. They've been here for over 25 years. 
Wolf Roofing, and its employees are Central Iowans just like you. When storms hit and misfortune happens, they take care of their own. Go to Wolf Roofing. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you, housing prices are falling, but rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a renter's market. Especially when you hire Renner's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow, appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515 515- 528-4429. Fitness.com. I don't know about you, but when I'm going out, I want some good food. Not just frozen food thrown in a fryer. Get that good bar fare at Fat Charlie's in Urbandale. I want a beer? They got me covered. I want to catch the game? How about 50 TVs, including Thursday night football? If you're shut out at home, Fat Charlie's has you covered. Urbandale's upscale sports bar. It's Fat Charlie's. Just off 8035 on the Douglas exit. I'll see you at point.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-NET. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller Condon, final couple of minutes. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Does Circa have a will he or won't he prop for Aaron Judge? Uh, no, I haven't seen it up there, no. All right. Just thought maybe that might be in your plays of the day. No, what, what is your no I don't play those single it's game history, things. It's history, though. Yeah. True. He's been a loser six straight days then in history. Yeah, he's got 60. Loser. About to make, I don't know, $400 million. Yeah, Not bad. Good work if you can get it, right? Yeah, and he's got it. Uh, so what are you going to play? I got a ton of plays today. I don't like it. I'm a little nervous. Can you narrow it down no. to a couple? No, because what if the ones that are narrowed down are the ones that actually well, win? What's your best play? I don't have a best bet. I got seven plays. Ready? Fire away. Royals with Granky. Okay. Those Yankees, minus 104 against your Blow Jays. Okay. I Orioles, get that one. Plus 115 at the Red Sox that have lost seven straight. I don't understand. Uh, Boston's packed it in. Speaking of packed it in, the Twins. I'm going to take the White Sox, two teams that have packed it in. Give me the better pitcher. Trent, I thought we could spend our money because we both had an over ticket. And Uh up until a week ago, I thought we were absolutely no doubt about it home free. All season long. They have to go five and four now. They can't do that. No, absolutely not. Cardinals, minus 110. A is taking a shot, plus 183. And the Dodgers, minus 102. It's seven plays. We got got to eke out a profit here, right? Please. (laughs) It's... I couldn't pare it down. That was the thing. I 
I liked a lot of things. They were like just over the edge on seven plays, but nothing that. How many dogs do you have? Uh, three. Three dogs out of the seven. Well, we'll grade your work tomorrow. How about that? Mr. Monday Night was hot. Yes, you were. NFL is good. Yeah. Talk about college football. Ooh, it's a struggle bus right now. The NFL, to me, is the struggle. Well, they're all struggle. Look at my record. Anyway, <laughs> so that's going to do it for us. Murph and Nandy slide on in here in an hour and five minutes. The Drive. Cakes and O Drive. Heather Burnside, Sean Roberts, at three. We're Miller and Condon. You can hear Trent and I weekdays from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.9.